0: Is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How
2: about this, Cowboys? This
1: This is Mick Schott, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app.
2: And here we are. If Mickey will be quiet for a moment, we'll start Mix Shots here. <laughs> and it is a very special edition of Mix Shots. I am Bill Jones inside, not inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco. No, I am inside the Academy Sports and Outdoors Studios here at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, along with Mickey Spagnola. And, Mickey, we have two very special guests on Mix Shots, not only today and tomorrow as we've got the great Dave Hellman and the great Heckma Harrison inside their respective SWC Mortgage (laughs) Studios at home. How you doing, Dave and Heckma?
3: I'm great. I'm thrilled to be here with y'all, bringing some young flavor to the old guy show.
2: That's a good idea.
1: Mickey Mickey needs some young flavor. Always need young flavor. They help me with technology, right? (laughs)
0: And uh, Hekma, how you doing? man, this is, this is awesome, you know I got my, I got my bones here on talking cowboys with, with Mickey. He initiated me. you know I thought that I was you know I thought I was in with Mickey, you know I really did. Um, I thought I'd made a friendship, but since I've left, I hadn't heard from him, so you know look, I'm just glad to be back with the game. <laughs> All
2: right, I thought I'd give uh, Dave and Hekma the first chance because Mickey was talking right off the top of the show as if it's his own show or something. but uh, Mickey, you have your cowboy gear on. Inside your own studio, there
1: I do, uh, and ready to go. What, what, so, what are we calling this? Is this like a swap? We, do, we swap in teammates? Something like it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Nick Nick called it a scramble
3: on our show. I think that's. I, I don't play golf, but that sounds fair. Yeah, it's like a, a Cowboys.com scramble, if you will.
2: And Dave,
3: yeah, you get scramble. your. scramble. I'll,
2: I'll go with that. Dave, you got your a Cowboys Hawaii shirt on. Well,
3: you know, it's a pandemic, unfortunately. So, you know, we're gonna get some downtime during the bye week, but I doubt I'll be able to go anywhere. So, I feel like the bye week is a place of mine this year. So, I'm trying to conjure up uh, some memories of Waikiki. There you go.
0: There you go. I like that.
3: You know, Bill, <laughs> we, like we, we should
0: have
1: wore we should have wore in memory of our trip to London because I think November 9th was the game that they played in London in 2016 or 2014. Should have worn some of our London gear. This is kind of the week anniversary of
2: it. You could have worn a London fog trench coat on the show, uh, there, Mickey.
1: Hey, you know, Bill, when when I when I mentioned we were swapping, it it occurred to me, and this might go past these guys, but in 1973, remember when the Yankee pitchers did the wife swap?
2: Yes, Prince Peterson and Mike Kekich. Yes, absolutely.
1: So, little history for these guys, be... right? Uh, teammates like I was going say, definitely going <laughs> over my head.
0: Starting, <laughs> starting teammates
1: on the New York Yankees pitching staff, and they announced at training camp in 73 they were swapping wives.
3: That sounds like uh, some reality TV shows I might have watched at some point. They were
2: ahead of their time. Uh, Did (laughs) did we ever find out how that worked out for them?
1: It worked out for Peterson and Mike (laughs) Kekich's wife, but not so much the other way
2: around. All right. The reason that I am sporting a tie is it's once... Well, actually, twice a week I have to wear a tie these days. Uh, Once is when I... Uh, on Tuesday nights, usually, I, as we pull back the curtain, I tape the Mike McCarthy show here inside the Academy Sports and Outdoor Studios, and then on Sunday morning, I do a show, a Cowboys game day show on CBS 11. That's the only time they let me in to the CBS 11 studios over the course of the last six months is on Sunday morning, and then the only time really I get into this studio a couple of times uh, for do a high school show on Wednesdays. But McCarthy decided he didn't want to spend a late Tuesday night here today, so we're We're actually taping the show. We're supposed to tape it at 2 o'clock. So that's why I'm in here. And uh, who knows, the last uh, 15 minutes of the show, maybe y'all could listen in and and watch the (laughs) taping of the Mike McCarthy show if you want to. Or uh, how about over the course of the next half hour, you give me suggestions on what I can ask Mike McCarthy. How about that?
3: Yes, I was going to say we should try to get Mike on the show. That's what we should do, say, like, hey, let's do a two-for-one.
2: That's a good idea.
0: (laughs) That would be cool. Or just let us listen in, you
2: know. Well, no, I think it would be better (laughs) if we all could just ask him questions, and then that can double as the Mike McCarthy show for this week, which, uh, by the way, you'll be able to watch right here on DallasCowboys.com whenever it gets posted, as well locally in Dallas-Fort Worth, at 1130 on Saturday nights after all the college football is uh, over with. Uh, after that LSU-Alabama game, David, that uh, may or may not happen this week.
3: Please, let's let's hope that it doesn't. <laughs> let's not. Let's hope that it doesn't happen. I don't really want to watch that. All right. So keep an All right, eye Nikki, on that. All right, Nicky, let's yeah.
2: get to the news of the day. And uh, there is news regarding one Trayvon Diggs uh, topping the headlines on this day. The Cowboys rookie starting uh,
1: cornerback does have a fractured bone in his foot and looks like he will be out four to six weeks uh he didn't need surgery on it so i guess that's encouraging they're supposed to uh put him in a a walking boot they should have told me i would have brought my walking boot in and lent it to him if he needed it uh and you know dave and i were were just talking about when we thought he might have broken uh the bone in his foot you know jerry jones made mention uh this morning that They thought there was something wrong when Pittsburgh had that first possession in the fourth quarter uh, and they were at the one yard line and Dave and I both saw it. Uh, On on the second down play they threw a pass to McLeod to Diggs' side and he was 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and it went through my mind, I was like, what is he doing? The ball's on the one yard line, why isn't he manning up right on the line of scrimmage with this guy? and they think maybe he already knew he did did something to it, and he was backing off trying to play through it. Uh, And then they threw another pass his way, and he was way off the line of scrimmage again. So we'll see. Dave thinks he saw a play that might have uh, definitely uh, put him uh, to rest, Dave.
3: Yeah, I... All I know for sure is that Trayvon Diggs played at least like half a series, if not more, with this injury. Like it, it sure looks like, just based on you know the the in game announcement that he was out didn't come until almost the end of the game, and he went out at the top of the fourth quarter. I think he played a little ways with this thing, which is just a testament to how yeah. tough football players are. That you break a bone in your foot as a cornerback, you think you're probably getting off the field ASAP, but It looks like he tried to gut it out. I'm not 100% sure when it happened, but yeah, definitely a weird discrepancy there. But it sucks for Trayvon. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's that's tough news, man. Tough for us to hear that. I mean, this injury-ridden team, and just another name to add to it. I mean, it's a you know again tough break for us, but. You know, did also get some news today about Cheeto coming off of IR, so maybe there is a, a little bit of silver lining in this uh, for a veteran for this squad to get uh, a veteran in Cheeto Awuzie back.
2: Yep, and uh, Mickey, as we talked about uh, into last week when they didn't activate him uh, before the last game, his 21-day window was expiring this week, and so if he was going to play this year, they've had to make that move uh, this week, and... Um, so uh, you know, in the, in the other, I'm looking back through my notes, and it was with four when Pittsburgh started their drive with four eleven left in the game, is when Savion Smith was in for Trayvon, and it was that prior series uh, which David you're talking about, uh, which started at eleven forty left. Uh, the couple of times they hit Ray Ray McLeod down on the uh, when they started that nine, that drive from their own one yard line, uh, where. Uh, where Diggs was playing off mcleod on that one, I think, and I was watching the game from home, uh, and uh, Romo was was saying the same things that uh, that y'all were saying in the press box there that, that he didn't that something must be going on with Diggs.
1: Yeah, and it's a uh, good timing for uh, Chidobe Awuzie to get back in here. You know, he missed he, I mean, he got hurt in the second game of the season, so he's he's missed uh, six games, and uh, you know, he's going into his free agency year. Uh, next year, so it's, he's basically got seven games to kind of prove to either the Cowboys that he's worthy of being re-signed, or if he's in free agency you know, he, he, he needs something to market himself, and these seven games will be, I think, vitally important, and remember until the previous game when Diggs had uh, two interceptions, Cheetos uh, had an interception in those first two games and that had been the only interception this team has had uh, until Diggs picked off two uh, the previous game.
0: Yeah, Which, isn't that a, I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead. No,
3: no, go ahead, Heck.
0: That's a, that's an interesting situation with Tito, with you know, him getting hurt and also being uh, a year that he's looking to sign a contract. I mean, this hamstring injury couldn't have come at a worse time for him. So mentality-wise, that's what I want to know. What is he thinking? Uh, is, is it strong enough for him to do exactly what you just said, Mick? Uh, make a strong enough case for himself to stay here or uh, auditioning for someone else. Look, we've known that this young guy has played, played hard. He's been a, one of our physical corners and just looking over the defense and looking at over the what's going on with them right now, not having him healthy has definitely affected what we've had back there.
3: It's just I was just going to say it's interesting to think that and I don't think any of us are under the illusion that this Dallas defense was ever going to be great, but we really never got a genuine look at the preferred secondary. You know, uh, I get you know. I guess they had them all together in week one, but Cheetah goes out. Cheeto goes out after week two. A B was on IR for a two or three week stretch, and now that Cheeto's coming back, you've got Trayvon going to IR. So, if your preferred three were Cheeto, Trayvon, and Anthony Brown, you maybe got to see them for a game and a half. And. Yeah, this is this is a huge stretch for Cheeto in terms of his financial future, but it's not going to be any easier for him with, with less in-depth in the secondary while he's trying to pull it off.
1: You know, the other thing I had forgotten when I was looking this up, Jordan Lewis missed the first game. So they, they yep. never mm-hmm. really had their top three guys on the field really all at the same time because then A.B. got hurt, he was out, then A.B. came back, Cheeto got hurt, uh, and And who knows what the plan might have been. It might have been for Diggs to kind of slowly move in uh, to to the starting lineup, like give him some plays. And then when they felt he was comfortable, get him in there. But he had to get in there right from the start. And that's tough on a a rookie corner. And, you know, he paid for it at times and they paid for it uh, at times. The good thing is he never lost his confidence, and I think they saw something within him that, okay, I, got be- I get beat, but I'm still playing hard, and I think that's a good quality uh, and one that cornerbacks obviously need to have.
2: You know, the other thing, when you look back at that game against the Steelers, when you consider the fact now we know what Diggs was dealing with, on that last drive that Pittsburgh it was a 75-yard drive that started at their own 1-yard line that uh ended in the Boswell field goal that made it a 19-18 game and then he came out and Savion Smith is in there on that last drive by Pittsburgh that gave him the lead at 24-19 think about what the Cowboys were missing in their secondary from what they wanted to have in their secondary and Mickey as you pointed out in yesterday's show at that point in the game uh the Steelers uh they were they were they were throwing on every down anyway. I mean, they decided that we can't run the ball. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, even with a one-score game, they weren't running the ball against the Cowboys anymore. They were just putting it in Big Ben's hands. And uh, I don't remember the numbers. You said 22 out of 23 plays were pass plays during that stretch of the game. But the Cowboys, think about it. They were down uh, not only Cheeto but also down Trayvon Diggs in those two critical uh, fourth-quarter possessions of the game uh, for the Steelers, and, and at that point in the game, Mickey, they were playing the dime defense, and so you had every defensive back uh, that they had available, basically, that were on the field in that situation.
1: Yeah, including Savion Smith, who they basically brought up from the practice squad for, for the game, and, and I think even uh, your OU safety, Parker, uh, Stephen Parker, he was the my Parker. OU safety. He was, yeah, uh, he was, he was, he was in the game too. I think uh, playing single safety high because they had moved Darian Thompson and, and Wilson up closer to the line of scrimmage along with Woods. So yeah, so they could try to cover all these receivers. And they were treating, um, uh, and they should have kept treating Ebron uh, as a receiver, not a tight end, uh, as the one he scored on the knockout touchdown when nobody covered him. Jalen Smith
3: hey Hey, you can't say that because Mike Nolan wouldn't say it yesterday Mike Nolan had no desire
1: the reason he wouldn't say it because he didn't want to say it
0: (laughs) yeah well, no, Mike I'm...
3: Nolan literally was like, Yeah, the defense just didn't do its job well enough, and that's really all I want to say about it. And, like, well, Mike, we have access to tape too, so do with that yeah. what you will.
1: It was, it was no, sort deal. of like his non answer whole... like on the penalties, right?
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: That whole last drive uh, by the Steelers and Tony Romo is kind of he's like, uh, he's looking at his crystal ball and telling you what's about to happen. And then it's happening. And Bill, and it just seemed to me like Ben knew that Savion Smith was in the in the ball game and the way that the defense was structured. It just made it so much easier. And then to the e, Eric Ebron hurtling him into the end zone was like the cherry on the top uh, for that last drive.
3: Oh, and and you remember – I've never played football at a high level, but – Oh, sorry, Mick. No, go ahead. (laughs) I've never played football at a high level, but I've played pickup football, and when somebody can't cover, the quarterback figures it out real, real quick. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, not to pick on Savion Smith, but Ben was in the huddle just like, where's 32 – Who's who's gonna be on 32? I'm coming to you. Just know that right now. Like, there's that's absolutely what was happening.
1: You know what was amazing when Romo kept talking about? You know they've got all these receivers out there, and at some point somebody's gonna miss a tackle and they're gonna break a big play, right? The next play was the Mm -hmm. 42-yard short pass play, missed tackle. I think it was was it to Clay Claypool? Um, I'm trying to. uh, It was to Johnson. Uh, and he goes 42 yards, which set up that touchdown. And it w- and he was, he was exactly right because he and, could feel it. And, this is getting ready to happen.
0: And that was a missed tackle. Yeah. And that was a missed tackle by Smith, if I'm yes. not mistaken on that one. You're right. Uh, it was awful, man, that, that last drive. But, I mean, that's why Big Ben surely is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer just by the way he orchestrated uh, that last drive.
2: All right, we're just getting started on this edition of uh, Mix Shots. Uh, I've got a question when we come back in uh, just a moment. What is the biggest difference between the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Okay, you mull that over for uh, just a moment. And we have that and much more okay. here on a special edition of Mix Shots as we await the arrival of Mike McCarthy, Via, well, we virtually await the arrival of Mike McCarthy <laughs> uh, here for the Mike McCarthy Show in just a moment.
1: mixed Shots. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of over 30 restaurants at the Star District. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickout, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com.
2: All right, Mickey, up to the challenge. On, a special edition of Mix Shots. you got new ears listening to you here, and you, you uh, survived that without, uh, without skipping a beat there. Well, let's be careful. I still got one more to go. <laughs> yeah, don't get cocky. All right, I, I uh, asked a question before the break. The biggest difference between the Cowboys and the Steelers. Let's go around the horn. What do you, you think is the biggest difference between those two teams right now? Let's go with our guests first. All right, Heckman, you want to go first? I mean,
0: I mean, are we talking his? You're talking no, historically. No, right as a right now. Right or, now. Right okay. Now, what's the biggest right difference now, between these two teams? I think obviously the continuity that they have at quarterback. I think Big Ben gives them. Um, Gives them a, a heck of a lot more than what we're getting from our quarterbacks right now, and and their defense. They'll, those would be the two things that I would point to that would be uh, the apparent difference between the Steelers and the Cowboys for sure. All right, Dave.
2: I feel like
3: I feel like this is a trick question. Like you're trying to bait me into something. I got the, my answer. I mean, I just want to see if, see what y'all how, think. How about how about the record? Because <laughs> uh, one That's of them one. one of them is. Currently, uh, currently in position to get the buy in the AFC, I, and the other one is number three in the draft order. I love that. So, and
0: I mean, hey, Dave, to, what's Dave, up? I could I couldn't go for that one. I thought that I, was no I mean, hanging fruit. If I, said, like, if I go for that, he's got something else waiting for me. <laughs> surely,
3: surely there must be something going on because that's obvious. I mean, yeah. and Heckman's totally right. The reason for that is the quarterback and the injuries and the continuity, but. Yeah, one of these teams is planning on playing deep into January and the other one's 2-7. Yep, there are no wrong answer. answers
2: here. There are no wrong answers. They're okay, all pretty good. obvious answers. All right, and I love that one. There's bottom line Dave Hellman right there. He just cuts to the chase. <laughs> I love that. That was, a, that was the perfect answer. All right, Mickey, what, what's your answer? So let me give you three numbers
1: from each team and you decide which side of the ball is the cause of it, okay? So for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they registered two sacks, seven tackles for losses, and nine quarterback hits. Your Dallas Cowboys totaled zero sacks, three tackles for losses, and two quarterback hits. So we can talk about the differences in the quarterbacks for sure, but sounds like either protection or the ability to put pressure on the opposing quarterbacks were the difference between the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Or, uh, uh-huh. and, uh, but Big Ben said after the game on Sunday that he thinks that that Cowboys pass rush might have been the toughest that they faced all season long.
1: Did it ever uh, hit them more than one time?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. The, hey, it's they, a testament. they got his knees there at the That's end of right. the first <laughs> half. They didn't finish the it season. off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my my oh answer, my answer to the question is, and this I think this gives the Cowboys hope for the Cowboys fans hope for the future. The biggest difference between these two teams, injuries. I mean, when you look at the whole key it's a it's a attrition is such a huge factor in this in, in any NFL season. But if you look at that Steelers roster and compare it to the Cowboys, I mean, there is no comparison there. They lost Devin Bush, who they think they feel like they were replacing a little bit because they traded for Avery Williamson that will help them in the second half of the season and on into the playoffs. But you go across the board, what have they lost injury-wise? Yeah, in that game they were missing Tyson Alua Lua, okay, but he's not out for any duration of time. But you, we all know what the Cowboys are dealing with injury-wise, but in an offseason, you are putting your team together, and you're thinking, these are the guys that are going to be with me. Yeah, now you're going to lose some guys. The Cowboys have lost so many on both sides of the ball. We, already talked, we were talking about the secondary, what they lost to defensive tackle, even with the Gerald McCoy injury, the first practice of uh, training camp, and obviously what happened on the offensive side. But the, if the Steelers lose... Their two tackles, their quarterback, and the guys that the Cowboys are losing, they'd be sitting here at the same record the Cowboys have.
0: But Bill, Bill, you knew that Garrett Gilbert was going to be the starting quarterback against the Pittsburgh Steelers before the season started, yeah, that's right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I was being funny. I was being—that was a joke, Mickey. That was a joke. Don't jump on me.
1: <laughs> so think about it. Think about it for at, at least one play in that game. The Cowboys were down to their fourth left tackle, right? Because yep. they didn't get yeah. Collins. Yeah. Irving was hurt. Yeah. Brandon Knight gets in there. Then, then they they get. Uh, who, who am I forgetting? There was somebody else there. For a while before Knight got, I mean Irving got back, right?
2: Um, uh, well, they moved Steele uh, over. It, they moved uh, Steele yeah. to the left side. They moved to the left right, side, but, and then Connor McGovern came in again. Yeah. Right,
1: right, but there was somebody right. else between when Knight got hurt until Irving came back. I, I'm forgetting. Oh, I, you're talking, yeah, big picture. I forgot. I forgot. So that was like their fifth for one snap, fifth start left tackle, and and, and you make a good point. Um, and and you you've got guys out there playing that really hadn't played all that much. I had forgotten about Knight until I think I saw him out here today doing rehab work.
3: You know, I I think about this a lot. All the way back uh, at the very start of training camp, when they were you know that whole storyline with using the Omni Hotel as a bubble, Dak Prescott had this quote that was like the healthiest team is going to win, Ooh. and he was talk he was talking about COVID. But uh, lo and behold, it it applies to uh, it applies to regular old injuries too. So yeah, a, I mean you're you're not wrong, Bill. You're absolutely not wrong. That,
0: that was a prophetic word from Dak. He didn't even know that, how, yeah, how important I, that statement was. Well, and
3: the other thing is, the healthiest team's gonna win, and they are the least healthy team in and, and the league, I, except for maybe San Francisco. I think San the other Francisco. thing about
2: it is, it's even more obvious this year because of the new rules this year as far as using using IR, where you, a guy can you can Keep a guy out for three weeks and then they can come back so it's obvious you just look on paper and look at how many guys this team has used and how many guys this this team has used and it's I think if you go down, probably if you took the time uh, to go down the rosters of the, of the teams that have uh, that are well above 500 right now, the biggest difference is going to be those teams are healthy. I mean, it's amazing what San Francisco's been able to do with all the injuries that they've had uh, just to be hovering around 500 on the season.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the injuries, and then <clears throat> not only do you lose your backup quarterback uh, to uh, a concussion... And then you lose them for another game uh, for uh, putting him on reserve COVID-19. Uh, so that even added to, to this whole deal of the Cowboys having to start their uh, fourth quarterback. And then, lo and behold, this week, it, the, the COVID thing affects them again because of uh, the McDonald, the, the tight end for Pittsburgh, testing positive the next day. And so the Cowboys had to go into their, I think they call it intensive COVID-19 protocol, uh, having the rest of the meetings this week, whatever they had planned, uh, going virtual, and the Wednesday practice that they were going to have, they had to cancel. So, uh, in, in, in a you know inadvertent way, uh, it's it's affecting them this week too. When they could have at least had one practice, uh, now they'll have none, uh, and and that beat continues to you know go on.
3: I'm honestly not even worried about them not having a bi week practice, and I don't want to be—I don't want to be Mister Doom and Gloom, but I'm going to be, I'm gonna be waking up every morning for a few days and seeing if there's anything in the news about positive tests, because that's—that's the bullet you've got to dodge. Now is hopefully nobody on this team was you know close enough to Vance McDonald that they're going to wind up testing positive, and you know that's the last thing this team needs is. Saturday or Sunday morning word comes out that a few guys have tested positive or whatever. And I don't want to – I don't know that it's happened. I don't know that it will happen. But it's definitely something you got to keep an eye on. He
1: did
0: play 20 plays. Well, don't ask what else can go wrong.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, he was out there. He played 20 (laughs) plays. He caught one pass. And unfortunately, Donovan Wilson had to tackle him. So,
2: yeah, we'll see how this goes forward. Well, I will say this, though, that if there is a Cowboys player who caught it from – Vance McDonald during the game. It would be the first time on record, anyway that well, they know of, that, I, that a that a football player has caught it from an opposing player uh, during a game. And I, I haven't heard oh, it on the God. college. I know it hadn't happened in the NFL. Come well, on, Bill. Bill, let's not let, let <laughs> us not. Be, no, come not on, just, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Okay, and so it um, hadn't happened on the college level. I mean, the doctors that I've talked to about it. Uh, and leading up to the colleges trying to make a decision. Uh, I've got a good friend who's a doctor, and he said, the problem is not going to be on the field. The problem, for like for the colleges, is going to be after the game. It's going to be at the bars. It's going to be wherever, you know. But uh, because of the ventilation right. and so forth, the problem. And so I yeah. think it... Knock on wood. I think it'll be surprising if uh, if a Cowboy player <laughs> catches it from uh, from Vance McDonald, unless they were hanging out on Saturday night or something. Sort of like, I'd sort of like. Let's hope. So Bill,
1: sort of like the Notre Dame student body uh, advancing onto the field after the upset
2: That's of right. Clemson. <laughs> That's right. These kids these well, days, might be a
0: tough task
2: for. They were they were in closer you know proximity what? to each other than <laughs> that for a longer period of time though than uh, football players are on the field.
3: I oh, don't God. as a as a kid these days or <laughs> the closest thing to a kid on this show. I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing spikes around college football because you know Halloween is 10 days in the rear view so Hopefully uh, hopefully the NFL did a better job of staying in on Halloween than than colleges did. All
2: right, we're approaching the 2 o'clock hour, which is when I am supposed to do my interview with Mike McCarthy for the Mike McCarthy Show. So I think I, I guess I will bail out here and wait on the arrival of the coach. We've still got the camera up in here, so y'all can look in on uh, what's happening if you'd like. Uh, and we can get our questions in? Minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you have a question? Hey, Bill, ask this. You, you can tell me right now, and I'll decide whether I'm going to use quarterback it. Quarterback controversy. Quarterback controversy. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Do we have a quarterback controversy, Coach? Finally
1: get a quarterback to come within five points of winning a game. Now he should be the starter.
2: There you go. I mean, that's what they're trying to go. say. All right. I don't think we'll get much of an answer from Coach on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess you three carry on on mix shots, and I'll be uh, trying to listen in as we await the arrival of Mike McCarthy here inside the Academy Sports and Outdoor Studios. He's not going to be arriving here. He does it from near his office in Ford Center. All right, but mix shots continues in a moment.
3: We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen.
2: Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall?
3: Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards. And that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys.
0: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor.
1: Back back, back. to Micked Shots. Get the ultimate fan experience for the Ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by by Globe Life, starting at just 20 bucks. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. And we are back on the Mix Shots Swap show. Mickey Spagnuolo along with Heckma Harrison from the Talking Cowboys and David Hellman from the Lunch. And Bill had to step away uh, to take care of his interview with uh, Mike McCarthy for the Mike McCarthy show. So we're going to go uh, this last segment just the three of us and i did have a question for you guys since i've got the two uh, kind of draft gurus here with me uh tack Let's mckinley go. got released okay. what are your thoughts
3: i saw that to be really honest with you i'm i'm on board like one one of the benefits of being bad is that they're third in the waiver order so anybody that hits waivers you got a really good shot at them they wanted Tech McKinley in 20, uh, 2017. Is that yeah? yeah Twenty seventeen. Um. Yep. Atlanta traded up in front of him to get him, and they had to settle for Taco Charlton. We can talk about that another day, but it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to claim him, and you liked him three years ago. I you know he obviously didn't live up to the billing, or else he'd still be in Atlanta. But I don't see what you have to lose.
0: No, I agree, Dave. I mean, Tack, Tack McKinley out of UCLA, I think we, we loved him. And, and like you said, Atlanta moved up to get him. Uh, I don't know what all his problems were in Atlanta, but for them to move away from him, I think that those are going to raise uh, some flags. And so I want to definitely know what those are. Obviously, staying healthy may have been his issue as well in Atlanta. But former first-round draft pick, man, still looks like he has a lot of good years in front of him. For us, man, we need the youth movement to start immediately. So, absolutely, I would be willing to take a swing at him to see at least what he has left.
1: So, I've got uh, somewhat of an answer for you. How things went sour there. Uh, and by the way, he's only played four games this year. He's uh, had a groin injury, right. and uh, so he had been missing games, and he hadn't played. I think the even the last two games. And and to David's point, you know, he's he's on the last. Uh, year of his of his contract and basically the base salary is what you would have to pick up so we're um, what eight games uh, nine games into the season uh, so you would have to pick up seven sixteenths of like nine hundred and fifty thousand which is negligible, right uh, that's really not that much yeah. but here's so what saying. happened. he wanted to get traded and they wouldn't trade him so he got mad. And, and they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which was going to be $10.3 million. So that's one of the red flags, like, oh, why not they, aren't they picking up that option? And then when they wouldn't trade yeah. him by the trade deadline, I guess he took the social media to sound off saying, uh, saying that they said they'd trade me, they didn't trade me, and they got pissed at him. And Raheem Morris, the, the, uh, the head coach now. Answer him interim, that's the word I was looking for, He, when they asked him what went wrong and he said, I think it's immaturity. TAC will be handled accountably. Well, they handle it. It was like, you know what? You want to sound off like that? Okay, you're out. Go find a job because no one wanted to give us enough in, uh, in, a, in the trade market. Wouldn't even give us a sixth and an eighth uh, or a sixth and a seventh I think it was uh, for you. So wow. go see so, what you can find.
3: This is a pretty common this is a pretty common phenomenon in the NFL these days. I mean, Carlos Dunlap did something serious very similar yeah. to get out of Cincinnati. <laughs> I know he's he's a much more experienced player, but honestly, Taco Charlton is a pretty fair comparison too. Like that was a that was not an amicable split. The Cowboys were very happy for him to be gone by the time they finally cut him. And I'll be honest, I don't keep close tabs on Taco, but He spent most of the season in Miami, and he's been with Kansas City, and it certainly doesn't seem like he's a problem child. So sometimes a change of scenery can do a lot for you. I do – no, go ahead, Eck, sorry.
0: No, I I just wanted to say, you know, when when it comes down to athletes and and being disgruntled in contract years, I mean, that's like – historic that's a going theme all around the league Uh, but there has to be something more to it like you said they're a first round guy that's now uh, they won't give up a six or a seven for him so I guess those are the question marks that I have for Tack McKinley but then also you know this defense I'm just going back to the guys that we have are, are starting to play better together I don't want to be under any illusion here are you guys starting to feel the same way about this defense that has been historically bad that are starting to take some steps now
1: yeah, you know what? And and I made a comment about that and I really hadn't thought about it yesterday. Somehow I got into that conversation of since uh the Cowboys uh, you know moved on from uh, Poe and Worley. Uh who was the other guy? There was three guys they ended up.
0: Everson Griffin, Griffin. Everson Griffin. Griffin.
1: And 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 I made this comment and I've heard this before, so I'll throw it out at you guys. I said sometimes when you have a team together, there's something to have a bunch of guys on your team with sweat equity. Like, I've been through the trials and tribulations with this team. I've, I've gone through some of the good stuff, but I've also fought through the bad stuff. And then I get three guys that are basically carpetbaggers coming in on one-year deals trying to make a name for themselves, right? And it's like, do they care about the team or do they care about themselves?
3: Oh well, man. I mean, Everson Griffin's got equity. He's been to like four Pro Bowls. But he's a new company. He's named after Everson Walls. <laughs> he loved. I mean, he loved the Cowboys. Yeah. He, I'm serious. He was
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, I Mick, you called him "Man of Carpetbagger." I don't even know where to go after that, but when it comes down to what we have now, you could tell like these guys. Whatever that was when they got rid of those three guys, it ju- it rejuvenated this defense. And whether it was just time from a historic standpoint, I think you, you're starting to see a little bit of sunshine through those dark clouds for the Cowboys' defense. And there are improvements even on the back end with. And I know Mick, we didn't get any sacks versus the Steelers, but still, guys were getting close. We had. Some sack strip fumbles uh, negated by costly penalties, but still, you're starting to see a lot more things come together other than the injuries and guys just playing out of position the way that it looked all season.
1: I mean, let me. Point I out, agree with. Um, let me. I was going to say. Let uh, me point ahead, out Mick. this: the the last two games, the run defense, right, improved greatly. Yes. yes. Did 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 everybody yep. yes. just figure it out at once that oh, that's my gap. Uh, that's my gap and they were playing gap integrity as a team and and, and not as an individual chasing sacks or an individual just kind of standing up in the middle of the line and doing nothing.
0: (laughs) It's like me in statistics class the third time. Sometimes it just starts to stick. (laughs) You know, I think maybe they just got a hold of it and figured they could do it. (laughs) It needed the
1: eighth and nine game to stick, right? I don't know if it's a coincidence. I don't
3: disagree I don't disagree with anything y'all are saying, and the results speak for themselves. They look way more competent, but this is a business at the end of the day, and you've got half a season of evidence that suggests that you're not very good. And also, going back to the point from earlier, your record says you're probably not going anywhere important. So if it's me, I'm turning over every stone I can to see how I can improve and add talent to this defense. And not just Tack McKinley, i meant to bring this love to see more of Bradley and I in these next seven games. I want to know what I've got because the whole we like who we've got, we're build like what are you what are you building toward right now? You're not you're probably not going on the playoffs. So Bradley and I yes. Have you been have you If you been can claim Tack McKinley? Yes. No. I, me and Kyle <laughs> just like I I mean obviously we worked on the draft together so we both like and I but Now is the time to try to acquire talent. You don't know what the future holds for Alden Smith. Uh, They have have the rights to Randy Gregory, but he certainly doesn't have a clear long-term future right now. I'm doing everything in my power to try to add talent to this team that I can evaluate over the second half. And if you can get Tack McKinley for nothing, doesn't sound like a terrible idea in my opinion.
1: You may be renting him for seven games, but you're not obligated to him going forward if it doesn't work. I'm, I'm with you guys on yeah. that. Hey, and just remember, they're only one victory behind the team leading the NFC
0: East, and that's that's okay. big, man. That's <laughs> that's big, and that's also something uh, to consider. But guys, we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. Now we got a quarterback situation going on with Andy Dalton and Garrett Gilbert. I want to know what you guys think about those two quarterbacks going forward after the bye week.
1: Well, unfortunately, we have two minutes, and we may have to pick it up tomorrow, but. I think the quick. All an- right, the all quick right. Answer is there was a reason why everybody was so fired up about Andy Dalton uh, being the backup quarterback. I think you got to see that one through.
3: Yeah, I mean we can we can get into it in detail tomorrow, but I think it's kind of wild that I mean, and Garrett Gilbert he played so great. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but. I'm not ready to go away from a 10-year veteran because Garrett Gilbert had a nice day in a tough circumstance. I mean, especially, you know, talk to me again in December. If they're they're 2-10, yeah, maybe you want to get a look at the younger guy. But for the time being, while the division is still maybe within reach, I'm playing
1: Andy. Heck, may you get the last
3: word? Yeah,
0: that may be something to be – no, that's something to be considered. I, I think that uh, Garrett Gilbert, as far as the eyeball test, he came in, It looked to me and like everybody else is seeing that the team was receptive to him. Um, Andy Dalton, in his time starting, you, you got a lot of drives that didn't finish with points. So uh, you have a lot, to, me- you got a lot to, to juggle from this coaching staff, but it sounds like to me that like they're already saying that Andy Dalton is going to be their guy, and I've always been of the mind that Andy Dalton w- came here to Dallas thinking that he would never get any live action other than you know later in, in the season. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> and I'll throw this out, and we can pick it up uh, tomorrow when we have the mixed shots wife swap. That's hard to say. Really hard <laughs> to say, right? But I, I heard someone point this out, and I, I give him credit for it. If I can remember who did it, it was like Andy Dalton basically came here on a one-year deal because he was hoping he could parlay that into a long-term deal with another team, right? Maybe even a starting job. Yeah. You've got Garrett Gilbert here, and maybe you want to find out: can he be your somewhat veteran? Backup quarterback going forward when Dak Prescott uh, c- comes back, and you've got another seven games to maybe figure that out, and not say, "Oh, I've got to turn this over to Ben DiNucci, or I got to go find another veteran quarterback oh, to back up Dak Prescott." So, smoke on that for a while, and we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, what we think tomorrow when we come back to Mick Shots. Thanks to Bill for dropping in before he had to take off to interview Mike McCarthy. Heck, Dave, talk to you guys tomorrow, uh, Mickey Spagnola, and that was Mick Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
3: How
0: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!